0: Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime.
1: I am the other half of the Locked On Texans duo, John and some sports guy Hickman with your Daily Texans talking news update on all of your major podcasting platforms. You guys can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans and like us on Facebook. Cody, you know, we had a game last Thursday. Listeners at home, thank you for joining joining us back again on Monday. We had a game on Thursday, Thanksgiving. Uh, and Mo- Mondays are normally made for recaps, right? But since we got that out of the way on Friday after the Texans gave Detroit their Thanksgiving loss, Cody and I thought it would be a great time to shout out the Texans for, wait for it, wait for it, (laughs) helping the Detroit Lions and getting rid of their head coach and GM who was fired over the weekend after they suffered the loss on Thursday. I mean, Houston has gotten rid of two GMs and head coaches Got them fired this year, but only one fan base, which is Detroit, is donating money to charity because of the departure. Lions fans are donating to Watson's Foundation to thank him for getting rid of Matt Patricia, another Bill Belichick assistant coach, gets to boot. But but at times, I love fans and their passion, because without the fans, we don't really have A sport, right? I mean, we have a sport, but is it fun? And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, we've all joined another league. That is the League of Football Watchers. This football season has been different, but Pepsi has been here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we watch it. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. But for today's episode, we are taking a look at the departure of Kenny Stills and the emergence of Kiki QT, along with the chance. We'll finally see some Isaiah Kotler, the rookie wide receiver from Rhode Island, who in his last year caught 72 receptions for 1,049 yards. Also, as we hinted at last Friday, we will have a friendly discussion about if the NFL 8C proposal will happen, the likelihood of that, and if Houston will have a chance at all. Uh, you know, but back to the Watson talk, Cody, listeners at home, he really does it all. I mean, we know how good he is, but do we really know how great he is? Not only does he relieve franchises of their dying dislike for head coaches and GMs, but he also dropped downs, and he's really good at that. After Thursday win, Watson was first in the league in passing yards with 3,200, along with 24 touchdowns, which was tied for fifth, when Watson has 2.5 seconds or less in the pocket. And the Texans O-line have provided Watson with an average of 3.01 seconds for an average time in the pocket. But with 2.5 seconds or less, Watson has 12 touchdowns with zero interceptions with a completion rate of 72.8 and passer rating of 117 with 2.5 or more. 12 touchdowns, five interceptions, 65 completion rate percentage, 109 passer rating. And when he is not under pressure, Watson has 18 touchdowns and two interceptions with 2,577 yards. This man is playing out of his mind For a team that hasn't always been able to return the best back to him and translate that to wins, which is why Houston is four and seven, along with the fact that we did have our own coach and GM, uh, who is no longer with the team, stubbornly misused Watson, didn't let him get the control of the office that he should have gotten and really just did a terrible job of handling this team. Also, some interesting news and numbers. Zach Cunningham led the league in tackles after Thursday's win with 110 total tackles and 71 solo tackles. He's also missed 17 tackles this year and allows 121.1 pass already. Will Fuller, who had a monster day, and shout out to my fantasy squad because I really didn't need those points, was fifth in receiving yards heading into Sunday's game day with 879 yards and 14 20 yards or more plays on 53 receptions there's so much bright spots on this team offensively you can even look at the defense when you have Zach Cunningham who's a tackle machine he needs a lot of help with his mechanics when it comes to covering but he does he does provide a solid foundation for a player you you may want to work with on that defense and I still think with Detroit losing their uh, head coach and GM with the Jaguars losing their GM and what we have here in Houston, I still think that Houston is still the more favorable spot because of number four. And I, and I love the fact that he kinds, he kind of separates not only himself, but this team from whether or not you want to go to Florida, whether or not you want to go to the inevitable New York when the Jets hopefully get rid of their uh, GM, even in Atlanta, who they're, they're going to need a head coach. Or they're going to have their own head coaching search. Uh, you look at what's going on in Denver, who did not have a real quarterback on their roster on Sunday, and, and they had a terrible game. You look at that situation. Uh, I, I think the only franchise right now that's more favorable. Is San Diego, I'm sorry, the L.A. Chargers, because I think uh, Anthony Lynn will be out of a job uh, by the end of this year. They have a very favorable roster and a very favorable uh, setup in their organization. But if you're looking at right now, Houston is still favorable because of number four.
0: Speaking of number four, I do want to say this. And I've had this discussion with my cousin. My cousin, Evie, by the way, who is a a great listener of the show, by the way. Shout out to my boy, Evie. Uh, We actually had a discussion about this earlier today. And you see how good Deshaun Watson is playing. And John, you and I have had this discussion as well. John, I truly do believe that Deshaun Watson is just as good as Patrick Mahomes. And I know when you take a look at where the Texans are and you take a look at where the Kansas City Chiefs are, that's a big, I'm talking about a big-ass gap, a big-ass difference. I say Watson is better, and I truly believe that. Because when you take a look at Patrick Mahomes' situation, and that is no disrespect to his talent. I think that Mahomes is not only talented, but he's also playing in a favorable system. He has not one coaching monster, but he has two coaching monsters on the sideline. When you take a look at Andy Reed, Airbnb, you take a look at the, the weapons that this guy has on the field. Did you not see Tyreek Hill in the first quarter of yesterday's game in the win against the Bucs? The guy had seven catches for 207 yards in the first quarter. You, you you have Travis Kelsey. So so I don't I don't know how you feel about Tyreek Hill. I consider him a top 15 receiver in this league. Some some days top 10. You you take a look at Travis Kelsey, who is by far the if he's not second best, he's the best tight end in the game. You have an up-and-coming running back in the league in Clyde El We saw what he was able to do against us. And then you also have have Le'Veon Bell, who was starting to find his rhythm in Kansas City's offense. It's like, Patrick Mahomes is in the perfect system. And then you take a look at Deshaun Watson, whose roster actually got a hell of a lot worse than it did when you compare it to last season with the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. And like I kept saying, the only bright spot of losing Hopkins means you're finally going to see how good of a player Deshaun Watson really is. Because just like Hopkins is making Kyler Murray look good, he made Deshaun Watson look good too as well. But look at what Deshaun – Deshaun has gotten even better, John. <laughs> he has gotten even better. That's why last year I was like there was what and what. But this year I would give the nod, nod to Deshaun Watson. And we're going to talk about this later on in the show, you know, how the standards are looking and whether Houston Texans fall in things because they are starting to heat up. You have five games left. And if he can somehow go back to the Houston Houdini – And will this team to a playoff game in one way or another, we're going to have to really start considering is Patrick Mahomes really the best quarterback. I know he has the ring. I know he has the MVP. But like I say, look at his system. Look at what he has in Kansas City. Take a look at what Deshaun Watson has here in Houston. You tell me who is better. And that's no disrespect Mm -hmm. to Patrick Mahomes, by the way.
1: Not necessarily going to debate that because what I see out of Patrick Mahomes Sunday in and Sunday out since he's came into this league has been nothing short of past phenomenal.
0: What about Uh, Watson?
1: But I will, no, no, but Watson has also had his days where, uh, and we can't contribute that if we want to, to whether or not it was Bill O'Brien just handcuffing him or not. But I think Mm -hmm. that's a very interesting discussion that maybe we can look into towards the end of the season. I will say this, the NFL GM openings and their starting quarterback as of right now. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner Mishu, who's 24. But we also know that they will be in the running for Justin Fields out of Ohio State. You have the Lions with Matt Stafford, who's 33 years old, who never really got the opportunity to go on a real run because of Detroit and their organization. And I also think they're cursed. You have the Falcons with Matt Ryan, who's 35. We know how the Falcons are, and the Falcons are going Falcons. You have the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson at 25. Houston is still a very favorable destination for a GM because you don't have to worry about going to find your starting quarterback. He's already in town. And one thing I love about Deshaun Watson is no matter who you throw out there with him, of course we know how monster Will Fuller has been, along with Brandon Cooks. But now we're starting to see Kiki QT get involved after getting out of the doghouse. Randall Cobb has had some big moments. Jordan Akins has had a couple of moments here and there. He's going to work things out, a lot like Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, hitting your fitness goals, or feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes. Fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and all of their new Echelon Stride smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. A lot like watching Texans games, right? It's fun. It's challenging because you don't want to break the TV, and you're at home because you know what's going on outside is kind of preventing a lot of large groups getting together. However. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership, get this guys, one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash NFL.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis-Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. On tomorrow, we're actually going to discuss Romeo Cannell's media availability that he's going to have later on today at 1 o'clock. It's actually going to be the first time that we're actually going to have a discussion with Romeo Cannell since the Texans defeated the Detroit Lions on their Thanksgiving victory last Thursday. And I'm pretty sure we're going to discuss the departure of Kenny Stills and also what is the plan for the Houston Texans in these five remaining games of the season? Because at one time I was thinking this should be a red shirt year. John, you said the same listeners at home. You didn't know what to expect, but now four and seven. It's looking like there are going to be extra teams that's going to be allowed into this year's playoff. I am really interested to know what does Romeo Connell have up his sleeve in these last final games. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. But I think not to not to stop you, but I think if if I can kind of allude
1: to my thoughts really quick, uh, I, I think what he has to prove is if I want to throw my hat my name into the hat, my name into the ring, however that saying goes. Mm -hmm. If I want to do that, this is the best year for me to prove that I can do it because remember, he had to work against four games with Bill O'Brien as head coach and GM, right? And then with those four games, yeah, you beat the Jaguars right after that, that firing, but then you go and you have to play uh, Tennessee, who's a very good team and nobody can stop that man in the backfield named Derrick Henry. So he still had to work against some of those uh, uh, foundations that Bill O'Brien set. And I, and I really think that if he's going into the last you know, five games of this year, the ultimate thing for him is to prove that if I choose to, if I want to, I'm a good candidate because look what I did last year. And I know this team in and out all around. So I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think that's a very good discussion to have for tomorrow. I can't wait
0: to do it. Going back to Kenny Stills, on Friday, the Texans and Kenny Stills came to a mutual agreement to part ways as they allowed the 28-year-old receiver to become a free agent. And last I heard, the Green Bay Packers were actually looking at Kenny Stills because we all know that they actually need help with their receiving core. And according to our good friend Aaron Wilson over at the Houston Chronicle, the two parties came to this agreement due to the amount of playing time that Kenny Stills was not receiving this year, plus, believe it or not, John and listeners, the Texans Texans are actually interested in playing their younger players like QT, who has gotten some pretty good playing time over the last couple of weeks, and Isaiah Coulter, who is expected to get a lot more playing time during these final five games of the season. And To be honest with you, John, and listeners at home, I'm not surprised that Steele was released. In fact, I'm more surprised that Kenny Steele lasted this long. I remember doing the trade deadline. I actually talked to Aaron Wilson, and I asked him about the possibility of the Texans actually trading Steals, And he said a lot of teams were kind of iffy on giving up pieces for Steals because nobody really knew his mindset throughout this season. As we all know, there was a big possibility that Kenny Stills could, in fact, sit out the year due to the fight against social injustice, and that actually played a big role in the decline that we saw in his production this year. However, I think Kenny Steele's biggest production this year is the fact that the Texans receiving core was a lot more crowded this year Versus last year, you take a look at the guys that they welcome this year, Brandon Cooks, especially Randall Cobb and even a healthy Will Fuller made it a really tough for Kenny Stills to reclaim the production that we saw last year. And to be honest with you, I honestly do think that Kenny Stills was the Texans number two receiver last year because Will, Will Fuller was in and out of the lineup and you could not depend on his health. And then you also got to take into consideration that Kiki Q T was so far in the doghouse, Deshaun Watson was literally just working with two two receivers on any given Sunday. And for you guys to totally understand the type of decline that Kenny Steele had in 2020, through the first 11 weeks last season, Kenny Steele's had 32 catches for 469 yards. The first 11 weeks of this season, (laughs) Kenny Stills had recorded 11 catches for 142 yards, a big difference. Now, with Kenny Steele's career over as a Houston Texan, we have to take a moment and look back at the trade with the Miami Dolphins. And, John, at first I said that this wasn't a bad trade. And to be honest with you right now, I'm a little bit conflicted about it. And I'm going to let you give your take. But going back to when the trade happened and you take a look at what went on last year, how successful the Texans were with not only Laramie Tunsil, but of course, Kenny Stills, we was looking at it as a really good trade because the Texans actually plugged a couple of holes that they needed. They needed another receiver because you couldn't depend on Will Fuller and you needed somebody who was basically the most significant asset that you got back. Somebody that somebody who can actually help protect Deshaun Watson with that terrible offensive line that they had in the year prior. But now, you take a look at the fact that there is still a possibility that the Texans might not make the playoffs, which means that first-round pick is going to be even more valuable. And the fact that we only got a year and a half out of Kenny Steele's, basically a year, because this year the man was non-existent on so, in, in so many games. Looking back on it now, John, do you or do you or not agree with that trade?
1: Listeners, uh, do you guys agree with the trade? That'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I think, I think if we're going to look at if we agree with a trade or not, we really can't just make Kenny, I guess, a focal point. I but still agree with the trade. That's,
0: that's what I was saying. It's like the focal point of that trade was Laramie Thompson getting one of the best offensive tackles in the game. And that's what they did. But when you consider they also had gotten Kenny seals and you saw, you remember Kenny who was really good for this team last year. And like I very, said, very he, was, he came
1: through. Very, very. I
0: mean, if we remember correctly, Kenny
1: Steel caught that touchdown against the Saints to open up the the game the season last year. Yeah, if he it did. Wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for some bad defense, once Drew Brees got the ball back, Houston starts the season last year one and 0 So Kenny had a
0: lot of good moments. And, or Houston last and, year. and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off real quick, but Kenny Stills was also really big in those two playoff games that the Texans had last year. The man recorded two touchdowns for 126 yards off of seven catches. So he played a really big role in the Texans' success in 2019. This year, you take a look at the fact that he was dealing with the social injustice movement that I 100 percent agree with him and also the fact that the receiving core was just a lot was just crowded I, I don't know how i feel about the trade now because then we needed an extra receiver because you couldn't depend on will so he wasn't the focal point but i felt point, okay giving up a first round pick knowing that we was getting another valuable asset back because yes Laramie meunsell was the focal point. But Kenny still was a valuable asset for this team a valuable asset that we only saw that that we only had an opportunity to enjoy for one season I don't think that's enough especially when you consider that they gave away a first round pick you basically traded two draft picks for Laramie Tuson yeah no i i um i I, I think I, I look at the
1: trade as a at a time when you trade for a top three top four top five left tackle in this league i think, you have to pull the trigger on that trade also because the year prior, I mean, Deshaun Watson looked like Nate Robinson in the ring. I mean, that's, no. that's, that's how much Yeah, I had to, I had to, <laughs> you know, I had to, but that's how much beat up and, and hit and, and, you know, knocked down Deshaun Watson was uh, before Larry Thompson. So yeah, I still agree with the trade. I, I think, Houston, the trade still puts Houston in a good position moving forward, right? I mean, if we don't have Bill O'Brien as a GM and maybe still have him as a head coach and let a real GM make real GM decisions, then we wouldn't be really sitting here at four and seven, right? We wouldn't wouldn't be sitting here discussing what Romeo Cornell future would be and things of that nature. We will be discussing whether or not it's time to make a uh, the Houston Texans will make a full run at an AFC Conference game. And I'm going to say that because they haven't gotten there yet. Uh, And so for the next GM, they're going to look at having Deshaun Watson. Boom, we have Watson. What else do we have? Well, we have a premier top four or five left tackle that's going to block for him. And, and, And on top of that, on the other side, we have a very decent right tackle who's going into his third year once the GM gets here. So I still agree with the trade Um, simply because of what I just stated. You know, the next guy that comes in, they're going to look at the list of things that Houston already has and pick what they want to make a priority to keep and let go. They already have two priorities that they know can't let go because they're already under contract, and I'm sure you're not going to make any trades. But they're really two great priorities and and, and players to have. So I still agree with the trade. But in in regards to Kenny Steele's, I mean, his snaps have decreased in the last four games from 32-23, 14-7. 32-23, 14-7. to seven. Uh, He wasn't called upon for most of the season at any point. The addition of Randall Cobb starting um, really kind of diminished Steele's role in Houston. And then now, the last two games, we're seeing our favorite close-to-hometown boy, Kiki QT, get some playing time. And now, as I mentioned earlier, we're starting – to kind of get anxious to see, some of the fans are, and I am, I'm one of those guys, you know, after removing myself from the the, the analyst role, I'm one of those guys that is very anxious to see Isaiah Kotler play some football right here in Houston. Uh, the Rhode Island rookie. Caught 72 catches last year for a 1,000 yards. And so with Randall Cobb teetering on whether or not he'll be able to play, this upcoming Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts, with Kiki QT getting increased role in playing time, it would be ideal to still have King still around for a matchup like that. But they made their decision, and I'm okay with it. And now we're going to be able to see more of QT. We may have an opportunity to see Isaiah get some playing time. Those are the things that the question that you're asking for tomorrow, with Romeo Cornell, in the next five games, what are you looking for? Those are some of the things as well. What do I have in these young bucks? And I think it's a good audition for the young guys because they're going to be auditioning for one reason and one reason only, playing next year, whether in Houston or somewhere else. Whichever team is interested in me has to know and see what I can do. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but I also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy... Conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing, Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now: you get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to billbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. You know, listeners, the great thing about Locked On Podcast Network is you have your Locked On Texans, right? Speaking specifically to you guys, you have your market, but then you may want to hear about the Dallas Cowboys, which I don't know why anybody would really want to do so, but you may want to hear about the Green Bay Packers. You may want to hear about... The Cincinnati Bengals, who also has your former defensive tackle, DJ Reedy. You may want to hear, like, what's going on with them up there? Joe Burrow was hot, and now he's hurt. You may just want to keep up with the news. That is where we thrive. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL Scott Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all of the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe whenever you get your podcast. Love the show because it really gives you guys and, and ourselves, right? Cody. I mean, I I don't necessarily keep up with what was going on with the Jets outside of trying to figure out when Adam Gase is getting fired. I don't I don't keep up with you know, certain teams on my own, but when I check out Brian and Matt, I mean, they do a very good job of breaking down what's going on around the league. And and let's take a breakdown and look at the NFL 2020-2021 playoff scenario situation. Here's my conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory is these COVID outbreaks are nothing more the NFL preparing us with cancellation games so they can have an eight seed playoff, which would then help the NFL recuperate more revenue. I think that's what's going on. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I know, I know, but who, who, first of all, who was the first one to mention? The idea of Lamar Jackson having COVID-19.
0: That was you. I, I give it to you.
1: Okay. And the NFL has already stated if significant games are canceled and cannot be made up, they're gonna push for the AC. Now, to start off, they are they pushed Thursday, the Thanksgiving game, between the Steelers and the Ravens to Sunday, then they moved it to Tuesday. Now, why in God's name did the NFL decide to put a product like the Broncos versus the Saints on Sunday, where there was no quarterback? I mean, the Broncos well, it, knew what they that were doing; wasn't they their were breaking fault. rules. That game
0: was already scheduled ahead of time.
1: They could have, they could have canceled that game. That, that would have been one of those games that you, you could have given that L to the Broncos. They was not going to win it anyways. It is <laughs> their fault; they were in that predicament. Right, you guys knew that high fiving, hugging, and sharing Gatorade bottles with no mask on was going to be detrimental to your team's roster. But I definitely believe that they are preparing for an AC playoffs, which I think would be exciting because you'd get another chance, You, you would give the team, a team, another chance to make a run. And in this COVID year where we didn't get a lot of our normal in NFL, it'd be kind of cool to just give an extra here you go. You know, you guys have suffered enough type of games. Baltimore is currently the eighth seed right now. They sit at six and four. Houston is four and seven. The Indianapolis Colts are seven and four. Houston takes on Indy next Sunday. The Raiders are six and five. The Patriots are six and five. The Broncos are also four and seven. Along with the Houston Texans. Now, it's definitely a long shot. Uh, I think for Houston, if they would have really started off with a win against the Cleveland Browns, then it would be more realistic. And considering the Baltimore Ravens are the eighth seed currently, I think Houston's only chance would be to catch the Colts. And is that necessarily possible? No, I don't think so. The Colts are playing some good football. Uh, Yes, they lost yesterday, but there's nothing anybody can do in this league against Derrick Henry, who just ran a muck through the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, goodness gracious. But I think it's a very... Just play around with that idea, listeners. Like, what would happen if Houston secured an eighth seed if the NFL decided to go with an eight seed playoff? I think as much as... Mahomes has done this year, playing at the highest level of any quarterback this year. Uh, and he's really the MVP. I think if that would happen, if that scenario were to happen in La La Land, then Watson would undoubtedly be the MVP of this season. I'm La La John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans and like us on Facebook as well. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. We're going to get laughs, Texans talk,
0: food. A whole bunch of nothing and a whole bunch of something at the same damn time. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. And don't go out like Nate
1: Robinson.